there are so many different ways that we can show and can demonstrate our love for the Lord. In our giving. And there are so many different ways that we can give. You know, when we think of giving, we think of money right away, but that's just, that's just a small part of it. When we give of our time, when we give of our wisdom, our experience, when we help, when we give of our talents, some of you are musically talented and, and you serve in those ways. Some of you are, are, um, can teach and you serve in that way. Some of you are great with mechanical things and you serve the body of Christ and you serve God in those ways. Others of you are, are, are fantastic with child care or computers and, and the list goes on and on. And, and we use those things as a gift to give back to God, to, to encourage each other in the faith. And uh, while I'm on this subject, I just want to thank you. Many of you... Um, gave to my wife and I, my family, in a card for Christmas. Uh, we just received that this morning, and uh, I just want to thank you from my heart for that, uh, for blessing us, and we love you. When we love God, when you love somebody, the things that are important to them become important to you. All right? So, my wife, why are you laughing? <laughs> I've, I've, all these things have been pent up in me for two weeks. I've got to get it out. My wife loves Hallmark movies. You see where I'm going, don't you? She is, and you add Christmas to a Hallmark movie, and man, it's, it's done. And our DVR is full to the brim with Christmas Hallmark movies that I really like. But I know that it's important to her. I know that those things that just make her feel good inside gives her the warm fuzzies. You guys remember what the warm fuzzies are? Yeah? Oh. Warm fuzzies and what was the opposite? Cold pricklies. Cold prickly. The opposite of warm fuzzy. Well, those Hallmark Christmas movies... Give my wife those warm fuzzies. They make her feel good. And so I put up with those things the best I can <laughs> because I love her. And I know that those things are really important to her. We are not foregoing playoff football today. <laughs> <laughs> I will only go so far. <laughs> but you know what? If I see a Hallmark Christmas movie that I think she might like, 
press record. I press record so that she can watch it if she hasn't recorded it six times already. I make sure that she can do that. You know, she can watch it. Why? Because I like them? No! Because I know that she likes them. You know? I know that that's important to her. And so on. And so in this way, when we love somebody, the things that are important to them become important to us. And they should. They should. All right? Probably more than we normally do. Okay? And so, when we love the Lord, the things that are important to Him should be important to us. They should become important to us. And that is an ongoing thing. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it even takes us a while to to see and understand what things are important to God. And then it takes a little bit longer for us For those things, once we've learned what is important to God, for those things to become important to us. And so over time, what is the correct path is that we are to take up the will of God. What God wants done, what God wants to do, what things are important to God, we take those things on and we begin to lay down our things. So in a sense, if we have an agenda for 2019 for ourselves, do you know God has an agenda? Do you know God has an agenda? And though God's agenda does not start and stop with the ending and beginning of a new year, right? We get so ingrained with that that we think, okay, God finishes with 2018, and, and then he's starting with 2019, something altogether different. Well, that's not necessarily the way God works. We do things more that way than God does things that way. For God, he continues right through from one year to the next, accomplishing the big picture. For us... The things that are important to us need to take second place to what things are important to God. The things that are important to us need to take second place to that which is important to God. We need to value what He values. Do you know that? What things are valuable to God need to be valuable to us. And so the things that we would put on the priority of our list of uh, uh, things to do on our agenda, they, with God's things becoming more and more important, our things kind of should step down that priority ladder as we take on the things that are important to God. We should grieve over what grieves God. Did you ever think about that? We, the things that make God sad should grieve us. They should break our hearts. The things that are important to God, we, 
we should have an, an importance. The things that are of value to God should be of value to us. The things that grieve the heart of God should grieve our hearts. The things that cause God to rejoice should bring us joy. Do you see? And so, more and more, we are becoming like Him. More and more, we are becoming less and less like us. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 1? Have any of you ever owned horses before? Raise your hand if you've owned horses. A few of you. Okay. Um, we used to have a horse. Her name was Oki. She was a good, good-sized horse. She was very smart. This horse would, when kept in a, a barn with other uh, stables, with other horses, she would reach over, unlock her door, her gate, get out into the hallway, the corridor, and she would unlock all the other doors and let all the other horses out. Yeah, she was smart. Tam, you remember Oki? <laughs> now, we only had one horse, but before we got her, this is what the owner told us that she would do. All right. Now, in the wintertime... When we would go let Oki out in the morning before school, we had to really be careful because when she was pent up in that small barn from night till morning, she was raring to get out of there. And as soon as she heard that latch, unlatch, she would hit that door and that big door would just come flying open and she would knock you on your rear end. And so we would always have to, you know, stand to the side and unlock the door and just pull because she would come out at a full gallop. She would be running and she's kicking up all the snow and the mud and, and, and she was just so excited to be out. I felt that way coming to church today. <laughs> I felt that way coming to church today. I couldn't wait to see you guys. And I, I, it feels good being back in my spot. And the movie Toy Story. Why do you guys laugh? In the movie Toy Story, I love Disney movies, okay? Woody is up on the bed. And then here comes who? Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. And yes, Buzz Lightyear takes Woody's spot. And Woody's like, well, there must be some kind of mistake because you're in my spot. This is my spot. This is where I belong. Now, let's get back to Luke chapter 1. Verse 26 through 38. Now you may think, 
Pastor Russ, why are you reading this? We just got through all the Christmas stuff. Let's go on to something else. Well, there's a reason why I'm reading this to you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. You may have heard of that place. I drove through there in Israel. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and he said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, mind you, this is a young 15, 16-ish year old young maiden. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So here is a 15, 16-year-old young lady who I imagine... Follow me here for a moment. Has aspirations to become a wife and to be a mama. And maybe she's good at some certain things and she maybe wanted to make some clothes or things for her family. And and so all of her life would be revolving around her family. And in her mind, she's thinking about this wedding that she'll have and how she's going to dress her children. And maybe the husband that she might have. And so in her mind, she has this agenda. She has this agenda, this list of things that are important to her and that she wants to accomplish, she wants in her life. And then... This happens. This this angel comes and he says to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Who are you? And he tells her that she's going to have a baby and that this baby is going to be a sort of king. And that this This child will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Now, I imagine that this would be overwhelming to anyone, let alone a young lady. Now, listen. She responds, not angrily, not doubting, but just inquiring of this angel. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So, 15-year-old Mary, you're going to have a baby, 
and this baby is going to be a king who's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever, and he's going to be the Holy One of Israel, and he's going to be the Son of God, okay? <laughs> Can you imagine hearing these words? Of, and at first she's thinking, oh my gosh, how do you raise the Son of God? <laughs> right? Okay, well, how, how is this going to happen? And he says, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he says in verse 36, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. If you take anything home today, let that be it. No word from God will ever fail. Now listen to the crux of this passage. Verse 38. Listen to how she responds. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. What? Can you? So she s- submits to him and she says, May it be as you have said. May your word to me be fulfilled. So she sets aside her own stuff, her own desires, her own thinking of how this is all, of of her life in the future is going to happen and her agenda. She puts it aside and she says, okay, okay, let it be to me as you have said. Friends, that attitude is of great value to God. And I, I just wonder if God saw that attitude in her long before he chose her to be the mother of his son. Do you think? And so... <coughs> When we love God, we should take up the things that are important to Him. We should grieve over the things that make Him sad. We should rejoice over the things that make Him happy. We should value what He values. David said in Psalm 27, you can turn there with me. Psalm 27, verses 1 and 4. David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, all of David's joy... All of his accomplishments, all of his valuings, he put in God. He loved God. Down in verse 4, listen to this. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. And here it is. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. 
to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David is saying, if I could have one thing in my life, let me forever, let me forever be in the house of God. Why would he want to be in the house of God? Because there was no Holy Spirit comforter back then. Okay? God had not sent the Holy Spirit in Jesus' absence from the earth. And so to be in the presence of God, you had to go to the temple, in a sense. All right? And so David wanted to be in that place, in that temple, worshiping God all the time because the presence of God dwelt there. That's where I want to be, he says. Dwelling daily in the presence of God, singing his praises, gazing upon his beauty. A few pages over, Psalm 63. Verses 1 through 7. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Now listen to this. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. David viewed God's love better than his own life altogether. Because God, Your love is better than life itself. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. The richest of foods. Maybe you've been to a really nice restaurant. And you remember maybe something like that, or... Maybe you've heard of a really nice restaurant or something like that. And you went there, and man, you had this big, thick steak. And man, this thing was just delish, right? And when you left there, you're like, oh my gosh, I ate too much. I ate too fast. I ate too much. I ate too fast, right? You leave, man, you are full. You are satisfied when you leave that place. David is, is comparing the love of God like that. As I would be satisfied with the best of food and a lot of it, (laughs) so my life, my spirit is fully satisfied because I am loved by you. I will be fully satisfied, in verse 5, as with the richest of foods. My singing, with singing, my lips, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. So even at night, when David is laying there, 
His mind just thinks about God. (laughs) Thinks about the blessings of God. Thinks about the things that are important to God. Verse 7, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. Now, there are a number of different birds, one of which is the eagle. Okay? And these birds will spread their wings, and all the little chicks will huddle under those wings if it's raining or if the sun is beating down on them. Or if it's really windy, the mother will lift up her wings a little bit and all those little chicks, they huddle close to mama under the shadow, under the safety of her wings. And it is, David is is reckoning this and likening it, the love of God to this. As if we could huddle up close to God and find shelter in His shadow, in His wings. David says, I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Let's turn a few more pages over to Psalm 143. Are you with me this morning? Verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. David wants to take up the things that are important to God. And so he says of him, Teach me to do your will. Teach me the things that are important to you, Lord. Teach me the things that you want me to do. Teach me how to follow you. Teach me how to obey you. Teach me the things that you value. Teach me the things that make you happy. Teach me the things that grieve you. Teach me the things that even make you angry. Teach me, O God, to do your will. Paul In Philippians chapter 3, let's turn there. Verses 10 through 14. Does your Bible have a Philippians? If your Bible don't have a Philippians, your Bible may be a Rick James Bible as opposed to a King James Bible. You guys never get sick of hearing that. Huh? Psalm 1, uh, no, Philippians 3, 10 through 14. Now listen to what he says. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. And listen to what he says next. Now, if it was me, I might have left this section right out altogether. All right. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Man, the power I'm into. I like that. But then he goes on, and he just, he just goes too far. 
participation, to, to fellowship in his sufferings. Man, I ain't about that. I ain't about that suffering stuff. And he continues, becoming like him in his death. Whoa, Paul, hey, you're stepping on my feet, my brother. Step back. All right? I'm all about the power of the resurrection. You start talking about suffering and death, man, I'm gone. You take that by yourself. But Paul loved God so much that he was willing to lay down everything that was of importance to him. He says, I want to know Christ. I don't want to just be on the surface. I want everything about Christ. And if, if it costs me suffering, I'm going to do it. If it costs me death, I want it. But I want to know Christ. I want to know everything about him. I don't want him to just know about religion. I want it all, man. I'm not satisfied with just scratching the surface. I want to be immersed. I don't want to be ankle deep, if you hear what I'm saying. I want the water of your love submersing me. I want to be in over my head, as it were. And you know, it's up to us. It's up to us. And you know, you see people, don't you? You see people that are on fire for God. You see people that, man, you could just, God, Jesus all over them. Yeah? You see people like that, and, you, and sometimes you wonder, man, how do they get like that? How do they get like that? But you know, you can, you can do that. Well, how do, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. What's, what's, the, what's the remedy here? What's the, what's the um, recipe? Is there a recipe for being passionate for Christ? Do you know that we can ask him for that? It's that simple. We can ask him to give us that passion. We can ask him to help us to worship him. We can ask him to help us worship him in a way that pleases him. Do you know that there's ways of worship that please God? And you know, in Christianity today, we think of worship as singing to God. It is, okay? That's one of a million ways to worship God. We worship God when we give of our tithes and offerings. What God has given us, we give some back to him. We worship God when we give our talents to God. We worship God when we help somebody else. And the list goes on and on and on. So many different ways. The Bible says that we can worship God with the beauty of holy lives. So many ways to worship God. We can worship God with our lips. I worship God with my guitar. You can worship God with your sewing machine. You hear what I'm saying? You can worship God as you're drilling metal. As you're building a house. Thousands of ways to worship God. Not just singing. Not just clapping your hands. Not just dancing. Those are only a few. Just a few ways to worship God. 
We can worship God when we're driving. We can worship God when we clean the house. We can worship God in whatever we are doing. I want to know Christ. To know the power of His resurrection and the fellowship in His sufferings. Becoming like Him in His death. And so, somehow, Paul says, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul says, I want to go all the way. I want to go all the way. And you know, there is a satisfaction, there is a fulfillment when you do things this way. When you give little, you get little. When you bless little, you're blessed only a little. When you pour it out, God promises you in His Word that He's going to pour so much into your lap that you can't contain it. That, friends, is the heart of God. Passion. He wants relationship with us. And you know what? He's, we're talking about our, our side, how we should view God. But let's turn that around a little bit and how God looks at us. God wants total access to our lives. Have you thought about that? Total access. Well, God, I'm, I'll let you into this part here in my living room, my backyard. No. All right, because in my backyard, I got some stuff I'm not too proud of. I like to hide it from everybody so that everybody thinks I got it all together when I'm falling apart. But God, he knows it already. He wants us to give him access to all of those things, to every single area of our lives, our finances, our relationships, our sexuality, our this, our education, our careers, and you can go on and all of those things, God wants access to it all. And you know what? Whatever God has access to, he blesses it. Whatever God does not have access to is not blessed. Do you understand? God wants access to every area of your life. And as we give him access, he blesses it all. Every area of our lives. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we've quoted the scriptures over and over and over. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door to me and invites me in, I will come in and we will sup together. We're going to eat together. We're going to have us a meal. We're going to have a good time together. I'm going to bring my peace into your house. I'm going to bring my peace into your life because you invited me in. Friends, have you invited God into your life? Maybe you have. But maybe there are areas of your life that you have not invited God into. Well, how do I change that? How do you, how do you have God invite? How do you do that? Well, it's very simple. And you may have heard of it before. It's called prayer. Very simple. God, 
I have been withholding this area of my life, my finances from you. I've been withholding my sexual relationship from you. I've been withholding my career from you. I've been withholding this and that and the other from you. I want you to be involved in all of those things in my life. I want your blessing in every area of my life. Please, today, I invite you to come in. I want for the things that are important to you to be important to me. Help me to be like that. Help me to be passionate for you, Lord. Would you stand with me today? I am not in favor of all of the uh, New Year's resolutions because they usually last about 16 days and then we give up. But I am in favor of life changes, be it eating, be it relationships, be it with God. And you know, we can make life changes that will affect us and bring good things to us. And it's not like a diet, okay? Diets work for a short period of time. The hard part about diets is keeping up with it, okay? But if we make life changes, life changes, we may for a short period of time, maybe through the holidays, let off of our life change of healthy eating for a little bit, but we come back to it. Why? Because it's a life change. We're not coming back to a diet. We're coming back to a lifestyle of eating, of living. Do you see the difference? Let's make today the day that we begin to live forever for the rest of our lives differently. And may that be passionately about God. Let's invite God into every area of our lives, everything, and allow Him to shine the light of His love in those areas. And I promise you, I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. You'll be a different person. You'll be better. You'll be a better man. You'll be a better woman. And when we submit ourselves to God, He can use us. He can use us. And if you can picture a toolbox... Many different tools in, the, in, the, in this box that are used. Crescent wrenches and screwdrivers and all, sockets and all these different things. But there's, this, there's one, one tool in there that this craftsman keeps going to. He wants us to be that tool. He wants us to be the one that he can use over and over and over. Do you understand that? Amen. 
He wants us to be the one, the go-to person that he can use to accomplish his agenda. Man, that's what I want to be. I want to be that one. That's what I want to be. I want to be the one that God says, well, I know. I know Russ will do what I want him to do. I know Matt will do what I want him to do. I know Chelsea will do what I want him to do. I know Alex will do what I want them to do. Let's pray together today. Would you just lift your hands up? Lord, we come before you today with hungry hearts, with thirsty souls. God, we don't want to keep living our lives the way we have. We want more. We don't want to be satisfied. We want more of you. Today, we submit ourselves to you, Lord. We pray that you would come into every area of our lives. We want your blessing in every single area of our lives. We submit it all to you. We ask forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord, from withholding these things from you. Will you come? Shine the light of your love in all of the areas of our lives. And God, will you help us to be passionate for you? Will you help us to value what you value? Help us to be joyful about the things that make you smile. Help us to be broken about the things that make you sad. And may we even get righteously angry about the things that upset you. Help us, oh God, to be more like you. And may it change who we are. May it change the way we live. May it change the way we worship you. May it change the way we live our lives. And may others see it. And may it even become a consuming fire that all that are around us would see the changes that are in us. And that, God, we would never go back. Never go back to the way we were. From this day forward, a life change. Submitted completely and fully forever to Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen.